Hello, beautiful humans. I'm Zach. And I'm Austin. And, and this, this is The Human Vibe. Hello, everyone. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> happy Friday. Yes, happy Friday. T-G-I-F. It is October the 1st. <laughs> happy October, everyone. We are so excited to be here. We are here at part two of yes, our journey. Yes, the part two, <laughs> following up on the part one. So if you haven't listened to that. Absolutely. Go back and yeah, listen I to part one. go back and listen one. to it. It's worth it. Seriously. So... In our last episode, we were telling you all about our journey and about what led up to us moving abroad. And ultimately, we decided to move to Ireland, to Cork, Ireland. Here we are, baby. And we are here. We are in Southwest Ireland. Um, And so today, what we want to talk about is we want to talk about the day we left the United States, which was wild. Y'all, this is a story and a half us getting here (laughs) so get your coffee get your tea sit back and enjoy this ride because it was a wild ride for us that was a just seriously just a a a, a hectic day absolutely (laughs) but it was beautiful so we woke up it was a beautiful blue warm day in indianapolis it was a beautiful june or july it was july july beautiful july morning july 3rd and it was just we woke up early for the first time ever and early for us is like (laughs) like 8 30 8 a.m y'all we are not big morning people so shout out to our fellow non-morning people out there (laughs) but we got up we were up bright and early and so what we had everything basically packed up. There were some, you know, last minute items that we needed to take care of. We were actually flying out of Chicago. Yeah. And we're living in Indianapolis. So that's like a two and a half hour drive to get to Chicago. Right. There isn't time zone change in that as well. Right. And so with schnitzel and with all of the luggage that we had, uh, the most feasible thing that we could find was really just renting a car. Yeah, we had uh, sorted through all of our stuff and was able to pack everything into two large suitcases, a tech suitcase. We have a nice roller bag carry-on and then schnitzel. Yeah, so we got a rental car and we were picking it up from the airport. Um, and I should also say that our car, we had a car in, in Indy when we lived there. And so we decided Ugh. to give it to my brother, Jake. Shout yeah, out to Jake. Shout out to Jake. Thank it you was so a much. little black Fiat Frederico, or he is, I should say, a little black He's Fiat. He's still alive. He's still running. He's beat, still going. Beat. <laughs> so we gave Jake, uh, my brother Jake, the car and we went to the airport to pick it up. Now, any of you, you know, in recent times, you know, during the pandemic or post-pandemic, anybody who's tried to rent a car knows that right now, especially in the United States, there is a rental car shortage. Yeah, <laughs> and we have, the least. One of our friends just recently said that um, his parents, his family owns a business and they wanted to send uh, one of their employees from South Africa to the mm-hmm. U.S. and they were looking to rent a car in Detroit. And for like 83 days, it was yeah. $15,000, the $15, cheapest $15,000 to rent a car for 83 days. We said, oh, skirt. Well, might as well just buy a- In a, Detroit. A, buy a used one, seriously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're giving him advice out here. But 
it's just because during the pandemic, a lot of rental cars sold off their fleet, and because of of a global microchip shortage, um, yeah. there was a just not enough cars. Exactly. And so for us, though, thankfully we secured something in Indy, and my brother dropped me off at the airport that morning. Um, what I thought would take less than an hour to pick up a car ended up taking about two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. And it was wild. I'm very blessed and we're very lucky that we actually got something because there were probably about 50 people behind me who didn't even get anything. Yeah. You were one of the last ones, weren't you? Yeah. I actually got up to the counter after waiting for a couple hours and they were all on the radio running back and forth at the counter and once I got my paperwork and everything I was literally walking out the door when they yelled to the everybody in the crowd saying we don't know when you're going to get something Uh, yeah so oh my goodness let me just say (laughs) shortage we are blessed and we're very very thankful that that all worked (laughs) out but we got the SUV and I went back to the apartment, picked up Austin schnitzel. And it was so adorable because he had everything sitting outside in like the parking lot area of our apartment building. Yeah. I carried all those suitcases, schnitzel. We, uh, we left some stuff in the apartment. At that point we were like, we got looking go. at, looking at our watches. Like, um, <laughs> it's time to boot scoot and boogie. So I got, we got all the stuff down there. You came and you picked me up and it was like Google Maps, go. Let's go. And we did have a couple large totes. You know those large plastic totes with lids from Walmart that you get. We had a couple of those that were filled with things that we wanted to store. And we were actually going to hand them off to my sister. She was up near Chicago with her family-in-law. Um, and so we were going to hand yeah. everything off to her on our way to the airport. Well, that two and a half hour wait for the rental car definitely cut our time down. Yeah, it, it cut it down. And so we got on the road and anyone who knows right now, especially all summer long, but right now in Indy, there's just a lot of traffic going on, but thank God that we got out of the city um, and we made our way up North. But anybody who's been on 65, you know, traffic, anybody from (laughs) a Midwestern town with lots of people know that there are two seasons construction season (laughs) and construction season and it is always in construction season at any point you drive (laughs) oh yeah especially once you get closer to chicago it is yeah and the drivers i was a teacher in that area in the chicagoland area drivers and around chicago they're wild they are their own breed I, I have stories. I bet you everyone has stories of driving in Chicago. If everyone. you haven't, you you will because, wow. Yeah, everyone has a story about driving in Chicago. Um, but we were supposed to get off an exit, and the exit we were supposed to get off was you, you know really close to the drop-off point where we were meeting my sister, but yeah. it was closed. Hmm. Season, so, construction. So, so we had to go... Like 10 miles north. 10 miles, and it ended up adding quite a bit of time. Let's just say that day was stressful. And Schnitzel, poor Schnitzel, he doesn't know what's going on. He's a champion. But he was. He was a champion. He had no idea. His poor little Schnitzel self had no idea just everything that was coming down his pipeline. Yeah, he had no, and he had no idea what the next 24 hours were going to look like. Right. Um, But thankfully, we ended up getting to the airport. And I think... We before our flight left at this point, literally we had we got there at about an hour and fifteen minutes before our flight left at O'Hare. At O'Hare, maybe like an hour. No, it was definitely like it under was an down. hour. It was under an hour. We yeah. were to 
we were like running up to the counter in O'Hare, just like, okay, we're here. I have everything, papers in my hands, everything printed out. And she's just like, where's your locator form? And one thing is that there was a woman with a child next to us. And I felt so bad because (gasps) she didn't have all the documentation she needed. And she wasn't from the United States. She wasn't. And Mm. so I could just see her in tears. And at that moment, I mean, I was breaking out in a cold sweat. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd been lugging all this luggage. And I was like, oh, my gosh, are we going to make it on this flight? But thank, like. I'm so happy that we printed off all the documents that we had. Um, Even the things that we didn't even think we would need, we ended up needing them. Just printing them. Because the gate agents, you know, in the era era of COVID, it's better to be prepared. Yeah. You know, and so that's one big tip that we will give all of you is if you are traveling, especially internationally, have your stuff printed off. Just print it. it. Everything. It will save you. Seriously. Airbnb confirmations. Yeah, where you're staying. COVID vaccines. Have your vaccine card copied. Seriously. Just Mm -hmm. everything. You never know what they're going to ask you for. And so. Because she looks us dead in the eye. And just like, if you were like two minutes later, you would not have made this flight. Yes. It was like at the point, like we were begging. I'm out here watching the amazing race. Like, please, please get me on this flight. It was. It was an amazing race moment. Uh, It really was. Iconic. (laughs) <laughs> it was and we laugh now but trust me we weren't laughing then <laughs> just tears just like but we uh, got on thank thank god we got through um and so we got through the gate we literally walked onto the plane yeah. we had schnitzel and one thing i'll say anybody who's traveled internationally you know pre-pandemic flights were usually pretty booked up oh you're in there like a can of sardines especially chicago to we were going chicago oh, to yeah. amsterdam amsterdam to court yeah Sardines. There was, there were so many open seats. I don't know how much oh longer that's going to last. But this was July Fourth weekend, twenty twenty one. Open seats. I had a whole row to myself. Then we snuck Zach over. Yeah, I yeah. So, thankfully though, that we did have that that extra room because it, it, this is the interesting thing. So with small dogs, you can carry them on. You have to give a heads up to the airline before you do it. They mm-hmm. usually only let. A certain, certain amount number. of dogs. So make sure, like, we're giving a, a little tip to those of you who are curious about traveling with a small dog. Give them a heads up. Make sure it's okay. Um, print off that confirmation that they will send you that that you're going to bring a dog on because we didn't do that and they didn't know. And we don't need to go into those that details. That was also a mess. It was a mess, but we don't need to go in those de- into Season those details. Season construction, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but print off all those confirmations. Yes, absolutely. Um, but it's interesting because Schnitzel, we had an approved carry-on case, like a, a soft shell case for him to be under the seat. We bought on Amazon and, you know, we did the research of everything with yeah. all of that. We didn't even get the largest case that was approved by TSA. And he did not fit under the seat. Let me just tell you that. Yeah. And <laughs> that case did not fit under the seat. And I mean, we have a 13 pound miniature dachshund who's a little taller than most dachshunds. So pro tip, get it a little bit shorter. I definitely, if anyone is interested or curious, I will share what that looks like for real. Um, and really what it is, people ask, you know, what's that going to be like? It's really the case is kind of halfway underneath the seat and they're jetting out, you know, towards Just your feet. A little bit. So that's the reason why we got a little extra leg room on our way there. That was a huge help. And he did a great job. And he, he did such, such a good, good job. Boy. We were so worried about him initially. We didn't know 
how he was going to react on the plane, taking off all of that. If he was going to have an anxiety attack, you know, we had been doing all this research. He did such a good job. Yeah, he really did. Uh, I'm definitely going to share a photo on our social media for sure of just how much of a champion he was and such a big boy. And yeah, if you follow our personal Instagram, we definitely posted a lot of pictures with him on there. He did such a good job the entire time. Um, What we were really worried about, though, was when we arrived in Amsterdam, we found out that even though Amsterdam is a major airport, there is no pet release station. Oh, yeah. Which, um... If if you are somebody at Amsterdam Airport and you're listening to this... Oh, please. Get a pet state. I I just don't understand, like, this day and age. You want to know what was tripping me, though? So there was no way to get outside. However, in the airport there was this little garden surrounded by all glass and it was so little. And I was like, it's just teasing me. Yeah. It was like a courtyard. And I'm just like, why is it teasing me like this? But convinced schnitzel that these fake vines hanging on the wall were real. And yeah, there was 25 a, there minutes. was a hanging garden and he peed right there. <laughs> but I brought some Clorox wipes and some napkins. I was prepared. Like I knew that he probably was gonna have to potty somewhere. We brought potty puppy pads just in case. But Clorox bleach, just just in case, we like didn't really feed him before the flight. No human food, just little niblets along. That's definitely a pro tip for that. But there are so many airports that do not have pet relief stations. Yeah, and so when we were in Amsterdam, you know, we were there for a few hours uh, on our layover. Thankfully, there was that hanging garden, and so he was able to use the bathroom. Yeah. The airport itself, it wasn't very busy. Um, we met this guy, though, who was a pilot for American No, no, Airlines. no. He worked in... Um, oh, no, no, no. He like, worked, yeah, like, like in, logistics in their or, office. Yeah, yeah like he was more an admin. Admin, yeah. but still got all these perks. He was able to travel, like, wherever he wanted to. And so he was giving us really, really good travel advice on yeah. places he really loved. Um, somewhere that he said that was like his favorite place to travel to is Tel Aviv in Israel. Oh yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. And that's somewhere that I've always wanted to go. So manifest it. Yes. You know, who knows? Maybe here in the near future, we will be doing a podcast in Tel Aviv. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. But anyway, yeah, we struck up a conversation with him and it was just, it was a good morning, you know, being back in Europe though. I think at that time we were both so exhausted. Um, at this point we'd been traveling almost 24 hours And um, so we were both, you know, really tired. But thankfully, we got on our flight to Cork. And when we got to the Cork airport, I I think one of the most interesting things about that, actually, I'll let you you talk about this, Austin. We were expecting to go through customs and everything like that to get into Ireland. Oh, my goodness. Because we had contacted, you had contacted. Oh, yeah. So bringing schnitzel into Ireland, which... Well, we we prepped four months in advance. I had gone back and forth emailing the director of agriculture here, Jim, I don't know, Jim, but saying, hey, we're arriving at this time, this flight, this is my dog, I have all this information. Let me tell you, let me tell you, it took like weeks of scouring the internet to find which documents were real, which documents weren't. My vet really didn't have very many ideas, so I had to do a lot of the work for it. So I had done months and months and months and months of preparation. I had crossed my T's and dotted my I's, girl. So I had those 
I was walking off the plane, schnitzel in his little Sherpa bag over my shoulder. I was feeling very Elle Woods in that moment. I had my papers in my hand and walk up to customs. You know, Cork is a very small airport. Give him my passport, holding my papers. He's like, why your hair? And I said, oh, you know, visiting for this this 90 days, da, 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 da. He just looks at me, looks at my passport, stamps it, signs it, and says, go on through. Yeah, literally. Well, he did look at the calendar and, and made sure that we weren't going to be here longer than 90 days. Um, but yeah, it was that easy. We went through and we were expecting to go through like some sort of a, a customs, but we didn't end up doing that. I had my papers ready. I was so proud. I was like, these are like certified stamped, signed, sealed, delivered. I had to get a FedEx overnight a couple days before. Like it is like <laughs> you're doing everything for this down to the last minute. But if you plan it right, it's okay. Yeah. So I was just so excited. And he said, Contra. Go on through. Yeah. And, and it's funny because later on when we told other people here in Cork that story, they weren't even shocked. Actually, they already knew. We were like, yeah, we were going to go through customs. They're like, oh, they didn't check anything, did they? Oh, no. But they would have in Dublin. I think if we would have maybe in Dublin, if we would have arrived in Dublin, it would have been different. Um, So we arrive at the airport. It is so small. For those of you who are in the US, it was more like a small regional airport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cloudy. It was Partly a cloudy, cloudy day. A little chilly. A little chilly. We, I mean, we'd come from Indy where it was 86 degrees that day. Yeah. And so we get to Cork and it's, you know, in the upper 60s, mid 60s. Which is like, I'm now, my brain is in Celsius. In Celsius, yeah, after all these Let's times. have a learning <laughs> moment. So 28 degrees Celsius is like mid 80s, low 80s. So we left Indy around we'll say 29 degrees Celsius. Arrived in Cork and it was like 20... 19 yeah yeah low 20s low 20s yeah so it was chilly um and there really isn't from cork airport there's not a train or anything like that to get into the city center so you have to take a taxi taxi it is but we had a lot of luggage there was no way we were going to be able to take a car um so i walk out and there was one van and it looked like it was some sort of a Volkswagen. I mean, it looked like it was probably from like the 80s. Let freedom ring sort of vibes. <laughs> and the guy in it, I mean, I walk up to him and I said, hey, we've got some luggage. Uh, two of us were going to uh, St. Luke's, which is near where we live now. And he just said, yup, 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 yup. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, this works. So I go in and we get our luggage. We come back out. But he didn't take cards, so we needed cash. Yeah, total, like, bad move on our part because we always know to take cash. But we were doing so many things. We were like, oh, no. Well, in the air- normally in an normally airport, in the airport there's an ATM. ATM. Yeah. But there was not in the Cork airport. Right, exactly. And nothing was open. It was a Sunday. Um, and so it was funny, though, because he said, oh, no, 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 there's a petrol station. There's a petrol station. And so we were like, okay. So he takes us up to this gas station and we go in to use the ATM. We ended up pulling out cash and we were on our way. So we made down into like the Cork center. This was my first time in Ireland, by the way, Austin studied abroad in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, where did you study? Oh, um, I studied at Maynooth university, uh, for a leadership course. So I was wait, taking where, where's yeah, yeah, outside of Dublin. Okay. Uh, so like a 25 minute bus ride outside of Dublin, but I had had a, a taste of Ireland. I absolutely loved it. Um, so we definitely just wanted to come back to a different part, which is kind of why we decided Cork. Uh, they call it the, the rebel capital, the rebel city, rebel city, the true capital. There you go. Yeah. That the Irish will tell you that Cork is the true capital of Ireland, which is something that we learned, 
um, because during like the uprising and everything like that, when they were fighting for Come on, Michael Collins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've learned so much history just living in Cork because this place is really cool. Um, but just getting into the city, you could tell right away. It's very compact. Yeah. Um, very walkable. Very beautiful. Lots of a huge river. The River Lee runs through it. Lots of bridges. Just people out walking, riding their bikes. It for me so green. And so for me, I've never been to Ireland. I'd been to the UK. I'd been yeah. o- only really to London. Um, but for me, I think one of the my first impression of Ireland was things seemed really compact. They seemed really small. The roadways. Oh my! Gosh. Oh my goodness! And. And I'll give you all a little sneak peek. We're going to tell about our our trip to West Cork, which was stunning and beautiful. But, I mean, in comparison to the U.S. and to a lot of other places in the world, I mean, the roadways in Ireland are so narrow. Oh, my gosh. Teeny, weeny, yellow polka dot bikini. So little. And they drive on the left-hand side. Oh, my gosh. That took getting used to. Which way? I'm just looking back and forth still at this point. Left, right, left, right. Right. Mm -hmm. The roundabouts, it's a completely different direction. So for us, we were like, oh my gosh, are we going to get in a wreck going through a roundabout? It was just completely different than it was back at home. Um, So, you know, really my first impression though was it was beautiful. It was very walkable, very like dense. And it was, I mean, Cork's not a huge city. No, no, it's not huge. Maybe a little over a hundred thousand technically. Yeah. It has a university here. So, you know, students come and go and... Uh, uh, but what we really come to find out is a lot of people just live here. Students live here even when they're not going to school here. It's a great place to live. It is, yeah. It's, I would say it's not as busy as Dublin. And okay, this is me. Yeah, nowhere near. After living here for a little bit, I'm just going to say yeah. I think that Cork is a lot prettier than Dublin. Ooh, but let it me, is. Let me grab my tea. <laughs> is it still hot? Again, we always have tea standing by. Uh, but it's very hilly here. I think that's one thing um, oh, yeah. that I was surprised by. Yeah, and and <laughs> that's kind of an understatement. When we say hilly, we mean like San Francisco, you holding on to the rail, you having your Princess Diaries moment just falling back. <laughs> it is literally it's literally that steep. We have we live on the top of and we'll get here in a second, but we live on top of this really steep hill and we walk up it every day. Let me tell you, these calves and these, these calves, buns. Oh, and these glue talks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not lying. It's true. My skinny little bird legs have plumped a little. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's why, like, when we go out and we get a Guinness or we get a Beamish, which awesome, we'll definitely talk a little bit more mm, about Beamish. But Beamish. when we get a Guinness, we don't feel so bad about it because we work it off just going up the hill. Literally. <laughs> but yeah, as we were just driving through, that was one of the things I really noticed was there were so many hills. It's very hilly, um, but it's gorgeous, you know, very green. And the buildings, they're a lot different than a lot of other places that I've been to. You know, I've been to Germany and I've been to Italy and all these other places in France. But I think Ireland has something very uniquely Irish. You yeah. Know, the buildings, um, you could just tell you're in Ireland. Yeah. I don't know how to really explain you, it. You come to find out, and we'll talk more about it in our adventures in West Cork, but Ireland's really old. It's, it's a very old country. Like, there are remnants of thousands and thousands. Of, like, older than the Vikings. I, we found yeah. out, actually, that the like ethnic Irish people are closely related to people from like the region over by like Israel and that because yeah. they actually 
came through the Mediterranean and up and, and ended up settling in Ireland. So it's really cool. Like the history of Ireland, it's something that, I mean, we learned yeah, we've, very few things in school in the U.S. about Ireland. Oh, know? yeah. No. Potatoes and... The potato famine. St. Patrick's Day. LOL. Right. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even really learn about like the Easter uprising or mm-hmm. anything like no, that. No, nothing like that. But it, it really is. It's cool. And, and when we talk about um, West Cork in our next episode... Uh, we'll definitely go through some of that history because it's really, it's really And cool. we really just found it out by living here, living and existing in, in the true Irish way, just having conversation. Absolutely. Um, so we ended up finally getting up to this little part of the town, a part of uh, Cork where we live called St. Luke's, which is so adorable. It's like a cute old, older neighborhood. The houses are older, more some established families, 15 minute walk from the city center. Beautiful. Yeah, up on a hill. It's named after uh, a church here, St. Luke's. Oh, and yeah. it's beautiful. And it's, it really is. It's stunning. Um, and so we got up to a, the wine tavern, which our landlord, Declan. Oh, the Declan. Declan Buckley. We love you, Declan. Uh, yes, when you say his name, I'm just like, <laughs> Declan Buckley is a wonderful human being. Uh, he's cantankerous. He's definitely Ooh, cantankerous. I like that word. <laughs> Google's he, cantankerous. But so we pull up and we're in this van with a big sliding door and out comes Declan and we hadn't seen him yet. He's this tall Irish man with long white hair swooped back, this big bushy mustache. Big bushy white mustache. I mean, think, um, what's his name? Um, Tom Selleck. Yeah, think Tom Selleck, but like completely Gandalf white. Gandalf white. Yes. And he's running out, you know, looking like a gentleman with his little suspenders, suspenders on. Suspenders and his button And up. his little Irish accent. Zach and Austin. Zach and Austin. And us. <laughs> After riding in the, with the taxi driver who was speaking English, but we had no idea oh my what gosh. he was saying. Okay, wait. Yes. We... So a lot of people in America, like you, one, no Irish person says top of the marin to you. That is not yeah, no a one thing. says that. Nobody says that. But the Irish accent that you hear is probably a little bit more Dublin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say. What Americans are used to hearing. Right. When you get into County Cork and County Kerry, though, the the accent is, I mean, for us, it felt, I didn't even know that he was from Ireland, our taxi driver. No idea. I, I mean, I, I can't even mimic the We were accent. speaking the same language, and I'm sitting here like, no, you ain't. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, sir. And I... It was just really funny because he, I think I probably understood about 10 to 15% of everything yeah, he was saying. Yeah, max. Um, but Declan has this very, and Declan's lived all over Ireland. I think he's from County Cork, but he's lived, you know, in Dublin and other places. He has that very quintessential, traditional sounding Irish accent. Um, and so he runs out and uh, he had to guide our taxi driver up the hill that Austin was just t- telling you about. It's called Military Road Hill. Is that correct? Military Hill? I think I just call it the hill, the hill, the hill. Um, but he has this cute classic car, Declan. Oh yeah. It's I like some 1970s. I know. I wish I knew cars, but we made a friend here a couple of weeks after, and this is just a side story of that. And he was driving us around in his like, you know, 2006 car, normal, normal. And we drive past Declan's like automobile. It's old and it's just classic. And he's like, Oh, I love that car. I, I always see that car. And we're like, Hmm. That's our landlord's car. He gave us a ride in it. We felt VIP. <laughs> we'll have to take a picture of it and put it on the Human Vibes uh, Instagram. 
so that yeah. you all can see exactly what we're talking yeah. about yeah. because it was really cool. Um, and we've also got some pictures of Declan as well. He's a wonderful gentleman, but he guided us up and showed us uh, our apartment, which is kind of like a house that they converted into, you know, their some apartment unit. Yeah, there's it's like a big five house. Yeah. apartments in it. Um, and we're on the, you know, on the ground floor. Um, and so it was really adorable though, because we were exhausted and we came in and there's a little table kind of in the front room where we're actually sitting right now. And he had a bottle of champagne waiting for us. Yeah. And we had been awake, mind you, at 8 a.m. the day before. And at this point, it's what, like? F- it's the afternoon. I mean, it was like 3 we had been up like tw- We had been up like 27 yeah. hours. And here we are just like, hi. hi. <laughs> <laughs> Literally like, We hi. probably looked like we were out of our minds. Truly. <laughs> yeah. And here is this beautiful, kind Irish man with a bottle of champagne, three little stem glasses sitting here around this house built in the 1800s that used to house British officers. Officers, And yeah. he's just telling us stories, just looking around the room and talking about the little different things hanging on the wall and just talking about Ireland and just welcoming us and being so inviting. And we're exhausted. Oh, yeah. We were. Ex- I'm we like, were- yeah completely exhausted yeah but we got here and i think when he left and it was time for us to take a nap and anyone out there who travels internationally you you know what we're talking about i I know we've been like saying the for a lot of things but the nap after you travel for that long oh yeah it's and it's funny because um we'll probably bring them up a couple times but kara and nate recently like they weren't able to travel they had to go back to the u.s and so they weren't able to go abroad even though they'd been living abroad for like three or four they years. had been doing it for a while like, going to almost every country to yes shout out to karen nate seriously follow them if you don't follow them follow them um but i remember recently they actually posted a video where they went to italy it was the first time they traveled abroad and it was hilarious because they got into their hotel room and they just like passed out on the bed and we felt that we we're like that's a, that was us. Head hits the pillow <laughs> out. Completely out. Like a light. Yeah, completely out. And so, yeah, I mean, the first couple of days in Ireland, you know, you have to get, these are the things that we do. When we get to a new place, one of the first things we do is we try to find a good grocery store. Yeah, that's always, that's always the first thing. Yeah, you want a good grocery store so that you know where you can buy your water, buy your food, yeah, things beer, like that. Yeah, beer, wine, alcohol, thing, all of those things. If, yes. if, if you can find that at one centralized location, that's great. Obviously, for alcohol, sometimes you have to go to specialized places, but that's the first thing we look for is like water. <laughs> Yeah, water, some good restaurants, you know, a place where we can get a pint, things like that. Mm. Um, and so the first couple weeks, I would say like the first week for me, I was just mesmerized. I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're here. All of those months of planning and all of the things that led up to it. I mean, really, when you think about it. The years of dreaming. Yeah, I mean, the moment <laughs> that we got in wow. Ireland, the moment we fell asleep wow. and we took that nap, it wasn't like, a, it was a feeling of relief that had come from literally a year or more of just feeling anxious and trying to figure out what's my happiness you know what do I want to do to pursue my happiness and I think that first week it was almost like every time I went outside and I stood at the top of that hill and I looked out and I see Ireland yeah. and everything looks different and the people are different the air is here is just so it's so clean it's so crisp I wish I could describe air but I can't. And it's just amazing. And green. I mean, people told me so many people told me before coming to Ireland, Oh my gosh, it's so green there. And I was like, 
okay, I mean, I've seen green before. Yeah. No, it's a different kind of green. To Emerald Isle. It is. It is. But to Emerald Isle. <laughs> you cheesy. I love it. <laughs> terrible Irish accent. Probably. Our Irish accent is terrible. We apologize to all people from Ireland. Please don't hate us. Uh, PSA. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think the really cool thing when you're abroad is, and I tell this to people all the time, it, we're the kind of people who sometimes one of the best things you can do instead of really making a busy schedule of like sightseeing and things like that is just like walk, just walk around. Yeah. Because it it's an experience, different sights, different smells, different sounds. And it was like that in Ireland. And honestly, for me, I didn't expect Ireland to be very different than the US. But I think it's different enough that you're like, wow, I, I'm i in a different country. Yeah. This is beautiful. Yeah, you can feel it. You yeah. feel it around you and... And the people. Maybe, yeah, the people. The people are so... Just kind. Like, genuinely kind and... Very outgoing. I've, I've, I've only felt safe here. Yes. I feel so safe. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just wild, you know? It, it really is. It's wild. And we don't have a car. That's going to be a big topic throughout this podcast is walkability. Yeah. Or, you know, how people-friendly are cities or places that we go to because we don't plan to have a car. I don't know if... I don't know when we will ever yeah. have a car again. Mm. Um, I love not having a car, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I absolutely enjoy it. Again, these calves and these glutes, baby. <laughs> but, it, yeah, so the the first week really was, I think, kind of adjusting. Um, and Austin, you yeah. know, I'll kind of let you take the lead on this, though. But it, it was a time zone difference obviously yeah, we were five hours ahead of and eastern you're working time, abroad working remotely um so instead of nine to five eastern time that's two to ten yeah two to ten so i it was just a transition i made sure to take some time off of course as as one should in a major transition like this and i've had nothing but um support throughout this entire time professionally uh during this 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 move which has been nothing but uh, i have nothing but gratitude in my heart for but those first two weeks i really struggled that transition even though we were you know here in an english-speaking country and this is what we had dreamed about and it's something we had been itching and scratching and talking about for for years and I was just struggling. I didn't know why. I didn't know if it was the weather, which it was still sunny. I didn't know if it was just working from 2 to 10. I don't know if it was just missing these sort of comforts that I've had in my life that I've grown accustomed to. But I really was was depressed for the first, um, you know, I really struggled for the first two weeks. And you were incredibly kind and patient with me. So thank thank you for that. I think I was on the opposite end of the spectrum, though. I think, to be very fair, for me, I I was just having the time of my life. I Even if I had a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, we just did this. We're living in another country. I mean, we have power converters um, for outlets. And it's like, if one of them goes out, how do we get another one? But I think it like little things like that. I think yeah. Austin was really in a place though where he was like, "How are you going to make this long term sustainable?" Yeah, you know, yeah, getting my footing and um, really, in my, really, yeah, really in my head about it. I would say because I want to be a better at um, long term planning, and um, that's something I've just never been good at. So it's something I've been incredibly focused with, and I found myself so in my head. For those first two weeks that I, I really, 
um, just stumbled through that. And thank you again. You you really were so guiding in your happiness and your light and your authentic just self helped me through that. So thank you, honey. Yeah, I really, really appreciate that. And you know what? Again, because we want to be really genuine and really authentic. I think finances were a big thing for you. I, that oh, was yeah. the main I mean, source of anxiety. We had spent, you know, months and months and months working two jobs before making money, making sure we at least had four, five, five, six months of rent paid in advance, or at least have so much saved that we were we were going to be okay. And I think I was just so focused in on that that I just struggled. Uh, you know, it had been a huge transition of working 13, 14 hour days every day, every every single day, to then just coming here and being like. Yes. Yeah. And I think at that time, um, I had to do a lot of reassuring saying it's going to be okay. And I think another thing is you have to put things into perspective. Um, At the time, Austin was really worried about finances because we were basing a lot of that off of the, the cost of living in the U.S. But we didn't have a car. We didn't have to pay car insurance. We didn't have to pay a lot of those other bills. Um, all of our utilities were are included in, you in know, when we're doing an Airbnb or whatever, it's all included. Um, and so I think it was kind of a couple weeks of just constant reassurance and just a reminder, hey, like we're here, this is what we wanted to do. Um, and so I think anybody who starts a journey, no matter what it is, especially if you're doing it with a partner, yeah, you're probably going to get to a place where you look back where you say, oh, I miss the comfort. And we talked a lot about that in the first part. You know, Comfort is wonderful, but sometimes it's a crutch. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the unknown is terrifying. And that was, I think that's what I saw you going through. I knew it. Yeah. He would wake up. He was grasping. And he was just kind of silent some days and he was stressed. And I knew one, I needed to give him some space to process everything. He was going through a lot. And I think also you really were still not putting everything into perspective because to yeah. be honest, we were only in Ireland for, you know, a couple weeks at this time and 10, 12 days. Yeah. And the real like cost of living adjustment, like groceries here in Ireland in Europe in general, groceries are so much cheaper, so much more affordable, such better quality, better quality, so much cheaper going out to restaurants, so much cheaper. Yeah. You know, you don't have to tip. A massive amount, even if you tip a small amount, they're so thankful for it. Yeah. You know, a lot of things like that that we had not taken into consideration, you know, after a month's time, though, I think everything came into perspective. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it really started to and we started to figure out a, a flow and figure out a routine and then start to uh, put ourselves out there more. You know, yeah, and I think that's when it really started to change, and then our experience here in Ireland started to really blossom this summer, and I'm really excited to to reflect and share all of those fun and exciting adventures and people we've met and all the stories. But it did come with a, a heavy transition at first, and um, yeah, I'll be the first to admit it was hard. It was yeah. hard. I mean, anything like this is difficult, you know. If you're somebody who, let's say you're an indie and you want to move, go for a job in Asheville, North Carolina, or you want to move out to Oregon or wherever, there's always going to be that adjustment period. But like, don't stop reminding yourself why you're doing it. Yeah, That's the most important thing. If you can continue to remind yourself, 
hey, this is why I'm doing it. I'm doing it for my happiness. Um, then I think it really does help. And so that was really my focus. But knowing Austin, and this goes into our personality differences, I am a lot more introverted than Austin is. Yes. And Austin is much more extroverted. And he, Hello. Oh, and this is a huge thing. So before we left Indy, Austin and I together were working three jobs. And Austin was bartending and serving at the time on top of his other job. And so that's a highly social you know, interaction kind of environment. Fast paced, highly social, exactly. new restaurant. And, and I mean, the, the two months before we left, we were doing something every weekend with friends. Like every weeknights we were doing things with friends. It, it hit a point i mean yeah we the days we were off pe- once we officially announced that we were moving people were like we need to see you we need to do things and of course we took the time to to see them or invite them over to have those last little moments together but if we weren't doing that we were i was waking up at 8 a.m and then yeah. working until 10 or 11 exactly seven and, days a week and i think for me as an introvert, I get a lot of my energy from being alone. I need my alone time. It's so important to me. But Austin is a person who really does get energy from being around other people. And so I think in that first week or two, um, I just saw him kind of, it was almost like having a withdrawal, Yeah. I guess. Yeah. That's probably what it was. So that led to the day that kind of changed everything for us. Yeah. It- it yeah i would say about two and a half weeks in and then something really changed yeah so and i this is kind of a segue into what our next episode will be about but i remember it it was a really sunny day it was during the week i think it was like a wednesday or a thursday i think it was a thursday and i told austin hey i just i'm gonna go walk around the city i'm just gonna go walk around the city you know just see what's up, be around people, enjoy the sunshine. In Ireland, sunshine is a precious commodity. Blessings. Um, which is probably another factor in why we were both kind of, Austin especially, was experiencing a little bit of withdrawal. Um, but I walked around, and there's one LGBTQ plus bar here in Cork. And at the time, it was only outdoor seating. Um, and they had like nine, like, five two tops and like four six tops it was very limited very 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 limited limited. no indoor dining yeah but for some reason i was like you know what i'm gonna go and have a quick little cocktail i'm gonna just feel out the vibe of the city you know that's what i'm gonna support the fam go to the lgbtqia plus bar come on that's right and i ended up sitting next to two other expats one from brazil one from South Africa slash the UK. And that was the beginning of some really amazing friendships that I think it was a turning point for us. Yeah, it was huge. So thankful. So grateful. Making friends, especially like no matter where you go, like just finding your tribe is so important. And that's really, I mean, if the human vibe wasn't called the human vibe, I think it would be called like finding your tribe or the human Mm, tribe. Finding that tribe though. Yeah. And so we found these beautiful humans and we eventually did have done some amazing trips with them. We, we've had wonderful evenings with them. Great conversations, great moments to learn about different cultures and, and their experience as, as people from other countries living in Ireland, us from a different country than them living in Ireland. 
uh, just driving around in the car. Just so many really great, fun things we've done with them. Yeah, and it's and it all started by deciding to go out and sitting next to some people and striking up a conversation. And yeah, I think honestly, when we were talking about starting this podcast and what the human vibe is, it's that it's finding your tribe, finding those humans, no matter where you are in the world, who you can click with, who, you know, you instantly feel this sense of safety and kindness and warmth Mm -hmm. from an instinct. Yeah. Yeah. There's a connection. Yeah. And you, you all know what we're talking about. You know, sometimes you just find people who you're like, wow, you get it. You just get it. You know, there's no judgment. There's no, you know, you know, premeditated ulterior motive behind it. Like it's just, let me talk to this other human being, you know, let's be friends and let's realize that, you know, as humans, we're social creatures. We are social creatures. We are, we need one another. And so, that's really what this is about in this first episode, part one and part two, you know, coming together. This is probably the the big message, which is follow your happiness, chase it, you know, speak it, speak it. Yeah, that's wow. That is a big one. Speaking it every day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. This is important to me. Yes. You know, we are going to move abroad. We are yes. going to do this. Yes. You know, I mean, it really is truth that like there is life in your words. And so I think really telling yourself, hey, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. You know, it's really it's really powerful. We actually just recently watched um, that documentary on Netflix about Caitlyn Jenner. Um, and when Caitlyn was Bruce doing the Olympics, it was, it was really powerful just to hear her talk about how, when she was competing for the Olympics, it was, it was a constant verbal reminder, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. She does say that. She says that she was constantly just reassuring herself that she's going to do this. Right. And there's so many humans out there that, that say that, you know, and so it's, it's, you know, at the end of the day for us, it was all about pinpointing our happiness figuring out what that was and then pursuing it relentlessly. Yeah. You know, and we're still pursuing it relentlessly. Like every day. I mean, honestly, we plan to try and stay here in Europe and we plan to travel to more countries and we plan to see parts of the world that we never imagined we would go to. We plan to do all of that. Um, But it has to start with acknowledging it first. Absolutely. And I think where the human vibe comes into all of this is wherever you are in the world, find your tribe, find those people, you know, because they're out there. And I think at the end of the day, with everything that's going on politically in the world, it's like at the heart of it, the truth of the matter is, is that we're like one people, you know, we're, we're all human. We all have the desire to live, to live a beautiful life. And so, you know, if there's one thing that we can do is just encourage you all just to to find your tribe if you haven't. They're out there. I yeah. promise. People who love you unconditionally. Absolutely. It's important. So we are here in Ireland and now you all know the backstory. And we're so excited because in our next episode, yes. we will be talking about those friends we met. Uh-huh. Um, we'll actually have one of them on as a guest. Little cuties. Brr. And... Um, we'll talk about our trip to West Cork, which 
I have to say, we actually ended up traveling to West Cork right after we watched that documentary on Netflix about Sophie. Oh, a murder my in West Cork. gosh. <laughs> we didn't plan that. We didn't know. Watch Sophie, <laughs> a murder in West Cork on Netflix. That dropped like two days before we arrived. Just just watch it. Yeah, it was it was truly wild to see that. And it was funny because when we were on the plane, our stewardess actually said that to us. She's like, where are you going? And we said, Cork. And she goes, I just watched a documentary about it. And she was from the Netherlands. She was Dutch. <laughs> uh, but next time we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about a beautiful trip out to West Cork. Just gorgeous country. Um, and a little bit more about our adventures here in Ireland. So... As a sign-off, remember, live out your happiness, and thanks for vibing with us. Bye.